Hello, how is everybody doing? I am Colton here with Adam, and this is in the first degree. Welcome back, welcome back. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing pretty good. A little wet doing dishes, but other than that, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. What's going on with your life? Not much. Looking for a new job. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. We've been watching actually The Last of Us uh, recently. That's been going on for a few weeks. We're gonna be watching a pretty the next episode pretty soon, but it's a really good show. So far, I'm like five for five on like the ending. Yes. Oh, it is super <laughs> annoying. This is we have this thing where I watch the episode before he does because he can guess the ending like it's perfectly. super cliche. I haven't played the game either. This is just Yeah. It's super cliche. You just got to understand the characters and you know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I want to be surprised. That's why I personally don't look into the story, but he does and he will just spoil it without meaning to <laughs> while watching it so i'm like i gotta watch it first and then the only thing that legitimately got me was like the first episode of the daughter dying that's what yeah. legitimately like that sets up the whole story and that was a good good introduction to the series but so today we'll just hop right into it so today our story is about robert Morrow. So, our story takes place on April 3rd, 1996, in Liberty County, Liberty, Texas. Um, so, that's, yeah. like, location-wise, it's, like, northeast. It's, like, the northeast section of Houston, Texas. So, if you kind of... Because Houston is one of the biggest cities in the United States, and so it's just, like, a subsection of Houston really yeah it's like a suburb yeah yeah so but like the northeast so our story starts with myra elizabeth allison but she's more commonly referred to by alice lisa allison um she's freckled face and is she ginger i don't know about ginger but um she had curly hair um and she's 21 years old at the time of this story. Legal. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> well, Lisa is on her way, or she's returning home from university um, from Nevada, Las Vegas, for spring break in. For yeah, just for like the holidays. So she lives in Nevada or she lives in Houston? No, she lives. In Texas, or that's where she grew up in, she's going to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Las Vegas has a university? I guess so. I've never heard of it. I don't it. see how you get stuff done working there or going to school well, there. Going, yeah, it's a... I got mid-finer. <laughs> I got mid-finals, but I'm 20K down in debt right now. I got to make it back up in the casino. Well, she's re- she's returning from spring break, getting a, a break from... That uh, imagine going from Vegas to Texas for your spring break. It's to visit family, yeah. camaraderie. Well, so in while she's back uh, home, in preparations for a date that she has the 
next day. She wanted to take the family car, but more so like it was her dad's, but the family car. Uh, a midnight blue 1988 Oldsmobile. Now, I don't really know what that looks like. I don't know what an Oldsmobile is. An Oldsmobile. Is that a model or is that like a turn? I think it's a model. Um, but she wanted to take it to the car wash. I think kind of like to spruce it up, you know. Isn't that supposed to be the it. guy's job? Well, it's it's ninety six, but most likely they had more traditional values. But I guess you want to have good impressions, just yeah. But like you getting picked, like well, first we don't we don't know what she was, what her plan was, like for her for him to pick her up, or they were going to meet at a place. Most likely meet at a place, so that's probably why she wanted to clean uh, the car. Okay, that makes a little bit sense. Yeah. Um, she was going to take it to a car wash that was just off the road of US 90, which is basically a major highway, um, Mm -hmm. that goes, that runs into Houston. Uh, she did not want to go alone to the car wash, repeatedly asking her, uh, family, her mom, dad, sister, it was only four of them. So she wanted all of them to go with her, but none of them wanted to her mother saying that she needed to stay home and wash the clothes uh her dad wanting to relax and watch tv while her (laughs) amen while her sister was um deep in her homework Um, i think homework with you well i think her sister might have been in high school so it's like you know name one high school that did their homework the smart ones i graduated early i didn't do homework (laughs) Well, does she have no friends either to ask? No, she has friends, but they're still in. Uh, but she was raised in Houston. You ain't got no like homeboys back where you lived. Well, well, she probably went to university with friends. Uh, they all probably went with her because she had friends that were coming back to Texas, but they were still at university because it was midweek that this happened. They weren't. It wasn't the weekend yet where most kids would so she go just back, came back home. early yeah she came back early so she changed into blue jean shorts a t-shirt uh, a denim shirt denim shirt uh and grabbed a couple of old towels and headed to the car wash at 8 30 p.m you had to bring your own towels back then i don't know just do it at your own home probably. at that point well she's probably had other stuff that she's gonna clean um but I, she went to she went there at 8 30 p.m Yes. I mean, that's a, that's a I mean, that's pretty like late, dark outside. Pretty late time. Um, the whole thing was supposed to take less than an hour. And whenever she was going to get back home, she was going to help her sister with her homework and study for her vocabulary test. Did you say things ever help you with your homework? No. Mine were always too dumb to help me. It's like trying to get you... My dad made me fill fourth grade math. Well, thing is, my siblings are a lot older than I am. So they were um they were already out of the house by the time I was like in like the h- higher grades. Like middle we school, middle school time them high school. Eh, eh. I'm 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 the smart one, you know. No. Nah. <laughs> Not <laughs> for any siblings that are listening. I'm so sorry. Um <laughs> While out running the errand, uh, the mo- the mom ends up falling asleep while folding clothes and watching TV. That's a true woman right there. <laughs> Working hard at work, falls asleep during her job. 
Well, losing track of time, she woke up around 90 minutes later and noticed that the front lights of the house were still on, which was suspicious because... Wasting electricity. Supposed to be, oh, yeah, wasting electricity. Um, She asked if Lisa was back, but the rest of them said no, and it's around 10.30 at this time where she starts to get nervous. She calls Lisa multiple times, but to no answer, thinking that there might be a bad connection. Well, at some point in time, her father, Mike Allison, started to search around town for her. Um, He was gone for around 45 minutes, having looked basically everywhere, but was unable to locate her and ended up waiting um, around, really, just like... Did he check out the car wash? I think so. Probably it didn't. It didn't really say. Um, but that'd be the first place I looked. Yeah, I mean, he probably went there and noticed that she wasn't, so started searching mm-hmm. around. But after that, he just went back, and maybe they started waiting around, maybe to see if she would come back a little bit later. And she is twenty-one, so depending on, I guess, how she is, I, yeah, I would the say. police at least are going to be like, "Well, she's twenty-one. She's probably just." A friend called her up, went to her party or something. Yeah, there's a lot of those cases where mm-hmm. people are legal adults. They can do, what they, do what they want. So you have to wait like a certain amount of time before mm-hmm. it becomes like, oh, well, now let's uh, look into also, this. For at least for a child, you know how you've always heard you got to wait a day for them to come back before you like can. Like they're a runaway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's not a thing. You just can report them as soon as you think they're gone. Yeah, which I think that's a lot better than waiting around a day. But it's now around 2 a.m. And the mom, um, unable to keep her patience, began looking for Lisa herself. Knowing that her friends weren't in town yet because it was midweek, they wouldn't have provided any help for her. So she searched frantically up and down all streets, country roads, circling back through Harden, um, looking everywhere and thinking everything that could have happened, but she couldn't find her. So the time is now five in the morning, and they remember a friend who is married to a police officer and gave them a call. Their advice was to file a missing persons report at the Liberty Police Headquarters. And after only a few hours later at 10.30 a.m., they received word that Lisa's body had been located in the river near a bridge on the highway US-90. Their worst fear coming true. So she didn't really make it that far. Because, like, wasn't the car wash on Highway 90? Well, it was close by that it happened. Yeah. Where, they, where she was located. And I'm guessing the car got dumped somewhere because I feel like you would be able to notice the car. I would say. Now, there was somebody who was at the car wash to witness um, Lisa Allison at the car wash. And it was on... Well, okay. Well, and this he was, was before cameras and everything, right? Mm, yeah. Well, they didn't have any... Or the local car wash ain't going to have a CCTV on it. Yeah, yeah. So he was at the car wash himself cleaning his truck. And after he finished vacuuming, he pulled into the gas station that was next to the car wash. 
And he noticed that a car on the other side of the road had let out a man who then went across the street to the car wash. And he didn't really manage to get a full face view of the man and was never really able to like positively identify who he was. He was a six foot black man. That's all I know. No, no, (laughs) no. Um, he was able to like get some sort of like description, like high, just like general descriptions. Yes. Now, a short time later, uh, while he was pumping gas, McNeil heard a very short, kind of like startled scream coming from uh, the area of the car wash. He looked over to the car wash and notice that a man or the man who had crossed the street don't assume it was a man it was a man 2023 he had crossed the street and was laying on top of lisa in the passenger side of her car and he did nothing well his line of reasoning was that she she wasn't struggling and because it wasn't a kind of sustained scream or so it's like ah oh what's up billy she thought you know yeah he thought that they were probably boyfriend and girlfriend and dismissed the scream as like the boyfriend surprising her like her catching off guard that's because he was that's because she wasn't struggling so he just assumed that they were boyfriend and girlfriend or that they were acquaintanced yeah with each other but probably boyfriend and girlfriend because he was lying on top of her. Well, so he then uh, saw that the man and Lisa had gotten up and she had slid behind the steering wheel. Behind? Like, okay, in front she of She got it? into the driver's seat behind okay. the steering wheel. Yeah. So... They then uh, drove away in the direction of Trinity River, which I guess is the river that they found her. And he noted that he couldn't see the man's hands at any time during this incident, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but I don't know how the hands would come into it. Well, he couldn't, like, clarify oh, I guess to, if there was a gun or anything. Yes, yes, and see if he had anything in his hands. So he probably asked him, did he have a gun or something? He's like, I don't know. So uh, the authorities that had located her body uh, floating in the nearby Trinity River, they uh, saw that her throat had been cut and she was beaten severely, having... Um, gained 42 separate injuries so this was a brutal attack were the injuries after before she died you don't know well they they were well if you slit the throat that typically means like oh i don't want you to suffer well they pro it didn't say but it was probably sustained before uh she passed away so the authorities discovered uh, her abandoned car within two miles of the suspect's home. Uh, How do they get a suspect already? Well, the man. The man who, that's the suspect that they're thinking of. 
Yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is they don't. They just know man. Yeah. And you said it was in two miles of like the oh like this. Gotcha. This is later on. This yeah. is later on. They discover the suspect who it is, but it was found that it was two miles away from his home. So many blood stains and those types of evidence were found in the vehicle um, and at a well site near where her body was discovered. Hair and blood samples were both taken um, that matched the victim or Lisa. You about to say something? They have DNA back then? I don't know when DNA started becoming a thing. I... I think it was not as prominent uh, back then. It was just kind of like really starting. I think, yeah, I think it was starting to become like a thing in the '90s. This is the late mm-hmm. '90s, so in the 2000s they definitely had it. I think in like in the next like 20, 40 years, it's just going to be like a pregnancy test. You grab like the blood of the like blood of someone, blood of someone else. You see if it matches. Like, oh, it does. Oh. <sighs> Instead of like having to like spend thousands of dollars just to test one sample. Yeah. So other blood samples were taken from the car and had came to match another individual, Robert Morrow. Not De Niro. Hmm. Not De Niro. Not Robert De Niro. Aww. So a longtime friend of Morrow's had, um previously had a conversation with him how stating how Morrow had talked about how easy it would be to rob a woman at the local car wash for dope money. Okay, so he was a crack addict. He was a yes. Yes. Uh the conversations uh took place as they watched the car wash from a gas station across the street where they were buying beer and cigarettes after having smoked 50 to $100 worth of crack cocaine um, after they were working in the oil fields. So this is like the 90s, right? 96? Yes. That's probably a lot of crack, though. For like 1500 bucks. 50 to $100. 5 zero to 100 Yes, 50 to 100 bucks. Oh, I thought you said 1500 No, 50 to 100 Oh. Yeah, I would say it's a decent. Because I feel like nowadays that might get you like ten bucks worth of fentanyl, and that's about it. Well, okay, I don't. (laughs) We are not experts. We do not know. Do not (laughs) assume that. (laughs) Yes, God, (laughs) we're we're not like that. (laughs) So, um. The Smith, which was the longtime friend of Morrow, um, learned of the slaying of Lisa during while he was incarcerated at a state prison drug rehabilitation unit in Huntsville. Okay, that's not too terribly. It's all still in the same area. Yeah. So he noticed that it seemed a bit too coincidental from the talk that they had previously had about how Morrow said that it would be easy to rob a woman. He was like, these connections aren't really... Both of these are kind of like the other. They are, yeah. Um, he said that, I feel there's a big difference between smoking dope 
and capital murder. So, I mean, one does help do the other, though. Yeah. Because of this conversation that they had, he tipped off police. Um, and despite his past, Smith said Morrow's suggestion that women at the car wash could easily be overpowered with a knife was surprising to him, um, startling him, he would later on testify. Morrow had also suggested the pair could have sex with any woman they robbed and that the victims could easily be, quote-unquote, taken care of. Who was shocked? Smith, the friend. When he was saying it. The, while Morrow was saying all this. Okay, and now he's contacting the police to try to round him out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So using the information that they obtained from Smith, they obtained a search warrant against Morrow, and he was forced to surrender blood and hair samples to investigators. Morrow or Smith was? Morrow. Okay. Morrow was forced to. So, yeah, they got blood and hair like samples. Like a warranty. They're like, oh, let's test. A warrant. Yeah, a search warrant. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Continue. So when uh, police questioned Morrow on June 19th, 1996, so about two and a half months after... Um, That's actually pretty quick for back then, I want to say. For getting like a blood sample, getting it all tested, getting the warrants, finding the body, which probably took like, what, a day? It took them like four to five hours. That's that's really cool. Like, this is some good police work. That is, that is very quick. So whenever they uh, questioned him, he had said that he had been drinking all day at the Lazy H bar in Liberty, where he took up with a Chambers County man. It didn't say his name, um, who was celebrating his birthday with some of his friends. Uh, Marl then said that the birthday party was moved to a bar called Smitty's. Um, in a neighboring area yeah. called Crosby, where he stayed there until midnight. Now, the police couldn't confirm any of Morrow's story, leading them to really go in on their investigation. Like, he's... So, something. this is all happening while they're trying to get the blood tested? I would think so. Um, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Now that I'm like kind of rethinking it i think they were still trying to get the samples from him but because of smith's tip-off they questioned him. it's also impressive that they like heard smith's tip-off it's like you know what you ain't just no druggie we're gonna actually believe you yeah well he said like yeah my i may be a crack addict but i ain't no murderer so <laughs> in this case snitches don't get stitches you know so he said that the party was moved to Crosby's, and police couldn't have confirmed this. Uh, when Morrow agreed to give a written statement, he then later changed some of his story, saying that he had gone to Channel View instead of Crosby. Ooh. So he's already changing up his story. So, like, off the bat, very, very suspicious. He also admitted the name of the county man that who was celebrating his birthday, and police couldn't confirm this part of his story as well. So he is 
Not doing good for himself. Mm, not doing good. So, Mara was arrested later on after, I believe, getting the blood samples on kind of a pretty stupid charge. Um, jaywalking. <laughs> yeah, illegally crossing the street. I mean, they don't have evidence to keep him for the murders, but they have evidence to like at least hold him up for a while for jaywalking. Yeah. Well, he was... Um, I think that well, I think they received blood samples, but they had let him go because they hadn't gotten the they have nothing to hold results him from. Yeah, they had nothing to hold him to, and so they released him. But after receiving the samples, basically confirming that he was did it, that he did it, he was then wanted for the slaying of Lisa. Was that before or after the jaywalking? This is before. Okay. And so. Like they had to find him, but how he how they found him was him getting arrested for illegally crossing the street. So he was picked up uh, near a crack house in Houston's Fourth Ward on July 29th, Let's 19- go Houston, <laughs> 1996, and was taken to the city jail. Um, the computer records had shown the police he was wanting wanted for Lisa Slang. So yeah, okay. He had a warrant out at least. Mm-hmm. And this is where it kind of gets really, really stupid for him. Because I like to say the, these criminals are not smart, which is a good thing. We don't want them to be smart. I mean, the we ones wa- that got caught weren't smart. There might be some out there that you never got caught. Well, we want we want all those people to get caught. So um, after he was picked up, he then went on and said, Y'all got a big one. This is a high-profile case where I come from. (laughs) I'm on America's Most Wanted. Was he on America's Most Wanted? Well, yeah, he was on America's Most Wanted. He, the police officer, uh, Charles Vasquez, noted that he was really kind of boastful about it. A lot of criminals are. Like it's an ego kind of thing. Yeah, they take pride in their work, Super, which is weird. mm -hmm, Super narcissistic. So, testimony had showed that uh, Morrow had previously talked of committing a crime such as the one at the car wash. And prior to the offense, Morrow had told several of his oil worker co-workers that it would be easy to abduct a woman from the gas station with a knife, take her money and jewelry, and go sell them for... So, that's premeditated. Yeah, he had a plan. And he's not being shy about this plan. He's telling his coworkers, he's telling Smith. He It's like he was working up the confidence to actually do it. Yeah, it's so yeah, he's obviously not smart. So he said that he could have sex with the woman and that he would take care of her. And Aww, what a gentleman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, another friend of Morrow, Dane Schisler, was actually the man who had dropped him off from across the street from the car wash. So, you just dropped him off at the... No, he dropped him off at the gas station. He walked across the street to the... Mm-hmm. He walked across the car street. Car wash. Yeah. So, he was just dropping him off and leaving him at the gas station? I guess so. I don't know what kind of plans that they had. Hmm. Um, I guess if you crack at it, that isn't too abnormal. I guess so, yeah. Uh, Brad Keaton, 
another one of his acquaintances, so everybody's going in on him, um, also testified that he saw Morrow the night of the killing walking down the road in front of his house at around midnight. He noticed that Morrow had scratches on his arms and a hefty amount of blood on his clothes. Um, he had asked Morrow, like, hey, what's going on? And his excuse was that he was bloody because he had been in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like he could have scratched himself. I mean, if he's that, if he is in that... I need that powder. I <laughs> need powder. Powder. So, in his testimony, uh, Morrow would deny kidnapping and murdering Allison. Um, the evidence, including the testimony from her parents and Morrow, showed that she was just a random victim. He didn't. He didn't know her. Okay. So he he's like, I'm gonna. It's gonna. I'm gonna kidnap or rob, rob. somebody. It's going to happen. It's just going to be somebody. So he did he wait at the gas station for a woman? Or he's like, he just pulled up. Oh, there's a woman over there. Might as well do it. I think so. I think the sec. I think the latter. It was just a matter of circumstance. Yeah, because the witness from the, uh, who had witnessed both of them said that he was dropped off and then he crossed the street. Mm-hmm. So, so this is bad timing then. It is bad timing. There was a $30,000 reward that led to um, an arrest for any information that was helpful towards the investigation. And Smith, one of his... The first friend. The first friend. um, He was offered the $30,000 reward, but he wasn't seeking any of it. Um, Is that the way of just not giving to him, or he didn't want it? Well, he... We're not going to give this crackhead money. Well, he was also an offender. And he wasn't seeking any of the money um, from the reward. And he was, because he was not promised any leniency from the judicial system. I guess, to be and fair, that's what I would want. It's like, take a couple years off, not necessarily. Yeah. 30K ain't nothing if I can't use it. Yeah, and he was expected to soon be returned to the state drug rehab center. Um, he had previous convictions for delivery of marijuana and possession of cocaine, and he was on probation for um, drinking and driving. Okay. So, he, yeah, he he didn't have, like, a good background, but at least To be he fair, was in honest. the 60s, that was just your average Joe. Minus the drinking and driving part. This is in the 90s. Oh, is this during like the whole Dare program? This is 1996. I think this is back when like the Dare, it's like don't take drugs from strangers. Then like they all, like made you sign that social contract. It was like I will never take drugs. I will never. Back during the Reagan administration. Yeah. So another. And the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. So another friend of Morrow. So all of his friends are just ganging up on him. Like I said earlier. Uh, they testified that Morrow had actually asked them to lie about his whereabouts on April 3rd, the night that Lisa was murdered. Now, that's just suspicious in general. Because mm-hmm. typically, if it's your homeboy or something, it's like, you don't got to ask. 
Yeah. So I'm guessing these aren't like the bestest of friends. They're just like acquaintances. Well, I mean, if I had a friend That's... who killed somebody, I'm I'm not gonna. Sorry. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're going to jail for that. <laughs> um, and during the trial, a 21 year old Cleveland man that was uh, brought from the Jefferson County Jail. Had what does Cleveland man mean? A Cleveland man. A man from Cleveland? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, he had overheard Morrow talk about the murder to another inmate at the Liberty County Jail in October. So he's he's boastful about the murder. Like, he's telling other inmates. And so, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the ego. There's a lot of stories of people, like, uh, past inmates, like, they were arrested when they were talking about a crime, another crime they did, then getting rearrested for the crime they told the other inmates about. Mm-hmm. So he had uh, said that Morrow was telling a friend he had struck the woman with a tire tool and had left her near the Trinity River. He was with a friend, apparently. And so they both left her. Uh, they, so he found a magical friend along the way. I guess so. I don't. It didn't say who the friend was. Um, they two smoked some crack and later returned to find that she was still alive. No shit. Yeah. They then beat her to death and threw her body into the river. So they wanted to kill her. Yeah, it wasn't just about to. robbing. They wanted to. But more more so Morrow. Um Yeah, I think it was his plan and that person was just a follow Not up. Not the magical friend. It never just said it never said who the person was. I was like, where I was trying to find it. I'm like, who is this person? I guess they never found him. It's um, Mario, Mario's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Lario. Oh my gosh. To the crack brothers. Instead yeah. of cleaning pipes they clog them. <laughs> or smoke them, whichever one you want to use. Mm-hmm. And another, another, friend? another jail inmate. He, he is in some shit. Another jail I feel like after inmate. like the fourth testimony against you, you'd kind of be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, this is before the trial. Oh, so he doesn't know people are testifying against him. Yeah, they got to they got to build a case and they built a case. Yeah, another. So another jail inmate had testified that he had seen Morrow at about 1 a.m. on April 4th. So just like a few hours later um, after the other friend had seen him walking up his street in some blood. Um, He also noticed that his um, clothes, arms and legs had blood on them. He asked him what had happened, and he told him that he got into a car wreck as well. Okay, he was by a river. You could have cleaned yourself in the river. Yeah, I don't know. Am I true? Okay. He's not smart. He's not a smart man. So another person that was testifying was Gustavo de Leon. Um, He was a forensic expert in the Bexar County Forensic Science Center in San Antonio. Is it Bexar or Bejar? It's spelled with a J or an X? B-E-X-A-R. Bessar. Bessar? So I don't know. It's probably like Bo. I'm just going to pronounce it how I see it. Bexar 
County Forensic Science Center in San Antonio. He said that the autopsy tests revealed Lisa had blood, but not semen, in her mouth and rectum. So, uh, De Leon used the trial's most dramatic prop, the passenger compartment and trunk of the family vehicle. Did she get beat in the vehicle, or did they wait afterwards? I think that they took her vehicle. Yes. But typically, you would take her out, throw her with like the tire iron or the knife, whatever he had. I don't know how he slit her throat with the tire iron. You drive them to a secluded place, then you like tell them to get out. You don't like beat them while they're driving, or beat them while you're in the car. Well, they stopped. I think they were just holding her hostage and leading her. Or he was leading her to the river. Yes, but okay, so you said the most dramatic prop. Is there like blood and everything in the car? They were using the actual compartment and trunk um, of the car. So they're like bringing the car. They just kind of broke it down. Mm-hmm. Um, to show the jurors where the blood had been identified in the passenger compartment. So she was at least somewhat hit. She was hit and there was, I think it was in the car. Like in the seat or something. Where she was beaten, yes, because there was blood found. I'm like, guessing she got stuffed in the trunk, too? Considering there's blood in the trunk? I don't know. I didn't really say that, but it was just the whole car was the crime scene. Uh, so yeah. it probably happened, like, in the whole thing. So after so many tests, uh, testifies. Testimonies. Testimonies, yes, I couldn't find the word. And um, evidence stacked up against him. The jury only took 13 minutes. That's quick. To sentence him to death following his capital murder conviction. Let's go Texas. That, yeah, that's that's quick. Like, I had... No doubts kill that man. No doubts. Like, he did it. Like, I had been summoned for jury once. And it was kind of like a one and done deal and it didn't take us 13 minutes was it a criminal case or a civil case it was more of a civil case it was like for a fender bender i guess that's technically a criminal case but yeah like well nobody was charged for anything how do those work he was suing suing someone for the thing and he lost for the yes (laughs) so it was yeah, it was kind of a one-and-done deal, but that didn't take us 13 minutes. The This jur- jury was like, oh, oh, he did it. He did it. They were against him. So, with his uh, execution coming closer, um, he then changed his story to kind of... Is he saying he found God? No. So That's a, Okay. No, not this. Thank, thank God, because it annoys the crap out of me. Whenever they that's who God. the imaginary friend was. That's who the imaginary friend was. <laughs> it was Jesus. So he changed his story. Use your words. Yes, use my words. Um, that she went, wanted it. Yeah, that she went willingly with him to smoke some crack you know um he she did live in vegas he was spinning his story as because for a death penalty there has to be a kind of like an aggravated um has to be like first degree yeah like an aggravated reasoning um to be indicted for uh the death penalty 
and for him saying that she willingly went along with him it wasn't there wasn't no like aggravating cause and so, so which would disqualify him from the death penalty not down here yeah um let's see let's see use your words so he in his manipulation to change the story it was thought more so to smear the family's memory of their daughter by falsely implying that she was a willing person participant um to accompany him and use drugs so he went where am i going with this you're you're about to tell the story that he was gonna say and to make himself not die yeah yeah so he changed the story to say that she whenever they took her car that she had a blown out tire and that she was mad that he was taking too long to change it and so she out of the emotional distress she charged at him and so he's claiming self-defense Mm-hmm. That she bit him and stabbed him in the leg with a sc- screwdriver. And with him saying, like, I'm high on cocaine, it, it blew my fuse, to put it in his words. So I nodded up and slapped her and beat the expletive out of her. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, he said that he had chased her down the road and dragged her back to the car, throwing her in the trunk. So that's where the trunk comes okay. in. Um so he could change the tire. When he opened up the trunk again, she came out raving, like a raving maniac, as he was raging, raving, in his words, a raving maniac. Okay. Um. So I had to whop her upside the head with a jack handle. He also cut her throat. Um, he said, I knew who her family was. I was a convicted felon that had been in the pen three times. I didn't have a snowball's chance in hell, and I did what I had to do. I mean, that's just an excuse. Yeah. So You yeah, didn't he, have to go across the street in the first place. Mm-hmm. You could have smoked your crack and so, peace at the gas station. Yeah. The, back, the background of the two of them couldn't be more different in addition to serving the council um allison's father had founded the town's only funeral home in 1947 uh lisa also had a cousin that was a constable and another who was a bailiff and deputy sheriff so she had like a pretty pretty upstanding family morrow on the other hand had grown up as one of five children in an abusive alcohol in an abusive situation with an alcoholic father um i gotta ask what is the description of maro you never said he's a white man ah so close okay continue what no the race doesn't really matter in in this um he just so happens to be white so his um this this would be said by his 75-year-old mother that he ran away and joined a carnival at the age of nine and returned a few years later, then dropping out of the 10th grade. That's a thing people actually did. 
Yeah, I've heard stories of like people run away. I thought that was like more of a like an idiom than anything, like a saying. Yeah, I ran away, ran away with the moving carnival. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Changed my life. Reset. So although Morrow never admitted um, that he had killed Lisa to his mother, um, she remembers him coming home that night with blood um, on his clothes saying that he had been in a fight so he's really changing story Mm -hmm. like all around um she says that i'm sorry he did it i guess he's being punished now you guess you guess she um was very rail thin with arthritis and diabetes and was not able to attend the execution because she couldn't walk without holding on to something. I know he's going to die, and I don't want to see it. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, District Attorney Mike Little said the only truth in Morrow's latest admission is that he brutally killed a young woman who fought for her virtue and her life. Yeah? Yeah. Little had said any insinuations that she willingly um, was accompanying Morrow on a drug binge are totally preposterous uh, because the test at the time of her death found no trace of any drugs in her system. Hmm. <laughs> so, I have you me. Okay, so. Yes? How did he die? Was it like, um, like, like, Excuse me. It was it was lethal injection. Lethal injection? That's mm-hmm. the most boring. Yeah. Shit, set him out in front of a firing range. Do you know apparently on the firing squad, um, a lot some of them have like blanks. So so you don't know if you're the one that like did the shot or not to remove the gill away from you? I did not know that. That's really interesting. That's true? Yeah, because if you think about it, you're just killing some random person. And like killing like taking a human life. Unless you're high on crack or, like, no sense at all. If you're a normal person doing it, it takes a toll on you. Yep. So to help relieve that, they make it where, like, there's five of them shooting at the person. And, like, ha- like only one of them has the real bullet, but you all shoot at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an interesting thing to think about, honestly. Now, think about it. At this time, I think France was still using the guillotine. Or the guillotine. Guillotine. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Um, little little um, would also say... Uh, those who knew Lisa would never consider for a moment that she would have anything to do with this human piece of garbage unless he had a knife to her throat, which was probably. So did he have he a did. knife and a crowbar or just a crowbar or just a knife? I think both. He, he slit her throat, but he beat her with a crowbar. The crowbar. Did he bring both or he like picked up the crowbar while he was there? I think, I think he might have brought both. He's just chilling with a crowbar. Chilling with a crowbar. Crack addict activities. Mm-hmm. Morrow said that he was ready to die. He had plenty of time to think about his death while he was isolated in his dark cell with no air conditioning and having only a radio for company. I'd have to be retarded or stupid to want to live on death row, he would say. Mike and Susan Allison, the father and mother, and three other family members had planned to make a trip to Livingston to witness 
Morrow received a lethal injection. Um, Morrow said that none of his family members would attend. He said that he said he had a 20 year old son, Clyde, who. How old was come. this man? He was like in his 40s. Yeah, because he had 70 something mom. I was like, oh, maybe she just think, had kids young. I think he was like 47, mid 40s, mid to later 40s. Um, his 20 year old son, Clyde, was not able to attend because he, guess what, was in jail for cocaine possession. Runs in the family. Runs in the family. Is it genetic? Nature versus nurture. I think it's probably... Maybe. I don't know. Um, However, Morrow said that a Catholic priest from Boston and some friends from Switzerland would attend. Not the Catholic priest. Yeah, it's like out of nowhere. A Catholic priest? And what if you found friends from Switzerland? You're in Texas. Vegas, baby. So, um... Out of, like, some cruel, like, twisted joke, he would say, I want you to tell the Allison family that I have arranged for a friend to get my ashes and scatter them over her daughter's grave. What a sicko! I mean, yeah. But, like, it's still your ashes. Like, I still take the W at the end of the day. Who are you talking about? The W for who? The family. The family. Oh, he's still yeah. dead. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, no, god no, 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 no. It's like he's still dead. It's like the it's W for the family. Yeah, but... you're dead. But it's it's an awful joke to make. Like, oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't think this was a great man. Not gonna lie. Don't catch me there. <laughs> um, but he would later say um, he was really sending his ashes to other members of his father's family into Ireland. He said he had made his atonement and had no fear of dying. I'll go in myself and help with it, the execution. They're doing me a big favor. I'm getting set free. So for his final meal, he would have 10 pieces. This is quoted from a website that I got. Crack rocks. He had 10 pieces of crispy fried chicken two cheeseburgers, three fried pork chops, chef salad with chopped ham and Thousand Island dressing, french fries and onions, five buttermilk biscuits with butter, four jalapeno peppers, a pint of Rocky Road ice cream, one bowl of peach cobbler or apple pie, and two Sprites and two Cokes. Only four drinks for all of that? That's a lot. That's yeah. A- I mean, if it was your last meal, I might as well die on a full stomach. Yeah. Yeah. At least some there's, form of comfortability. I don't know. Yeah. There's some wild ones. One dude ordered like just a grape. <laughs> just a grape? Does a singular grape. <laughs> what? You know, it's like, it's supposed to be like a power move or something. It's like, I'm going to starve myself move. or something. It's some weird. Might as well just not eat anything. Yeah. I think some dude asked for like diarrhea medicine. Ew. To, to like dehydrate himself. Mm. He, oh, he would uh, address the the parents of Lisa by name and told them, "I would like to tell you that I am responsible. I am sorry for what I did and the pain I caused." He then later on expressed love to his friends and said that he had been blessed that they stood by him. Um, he wanted them to remain strong. 
Set me free, warden. Father, accept me, he would say. Oh, so, okay. It's another it, religious thing. It, it's it turn so, religious when you're about to die. It, they always turn religious, and it makes me so mad. I bet you that's who Hitler was right before. He's like, you know what? Well, it's like a controversial opinion, or because, like, yeah, it's like as a Christian, if you come to accept Jesus like as your savior, you can make your way into heaven even after, like, all the stuff that you've done. But it's just like... But just to think of, like, in the real world, like, what a kind of... You think there's a threshold? It's like after you kill, like, two people, you, no matter how hard you try, you ain't coming back. Yeah, it's it's just a coward. It's just, like, a cowardice thing to do, I think. Just like, oh, let me let me find God. Just like, right real quick, right real quick. I think it's more of, like, a survival instinct. It's like, you know what, I'm going to die here and maybe, like, oh, well, might as well give this a try. Yeah, it's I more more likely than not they don't they're not religious at anyway. It's just it's another narcissistic thing to put on a show like oh I've come to find God, I'm I'm with him now. Father, accept me. <laughs> I mean, a Catholic priest did come. A Catholic, yeah. What the what the heck? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Um, as he waited for the drugs to take effect he turned and looked through the window to um lisa's relatives and added i do hope my death brings you some closure he then while being injected um said i feel it and let out three very slight gasps and then died good riddance (laughs) Good riddance. Oh, uh, that hit the spot. It hit the spot. And you know, like, his execution was... Because one thing that I, like, notice a lot is that people wait for so long on death row. They It's like well, 15 uh, to 20 years that they wait, and then they're executed. Well, you're... So it's life to death row, or death row is a waiting list. It's, what it, it's a waiting list is what it is. I think, like, some type of thing, they're only allowed to kill some, like, one person a day or something like that. Something along those lines. I just think that, like... You think we just, like, throw them in the ocean, let's see if they survive. okay, let them wait, like, what, five years? But for the people to wait, like, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't wait too long for his execution. Um, I think he he died in, like, the early 2000s. Well, it's also, like, a priority thing. Kind of like, it's like, let's say you're in line for an organ... They want to kill the really bad people first and, like, the less offenders. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, five years, yes, I could understand. But 10 to 15, like, why do you got to wait so long? They're, like, they're already horrible. Like, and I don't know. Well, a lot of people prefer it like that because um, they think being in prison is a type of punishment in and of itself that's worse than death. I don't know. It's just, that's something that I get, like, really it's kind of like confused about just like why do you got to make them wait so long like you sentence them to death they're just blue ballsing them (laughs) they're blue balling them oh 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 oh, not today (laughs) another day (laughs) so in to remember um lisa allison uh, she was a student at the University of Las Vegas where she was a year away in getting a degree in hotel management um there's a degree in that Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I know uh, several people that 
were going to a university for hotel management but it like it i've come to find out that doesn't really pan out for a lot of people in the hotel i don't i think it's i don't know but she was uh wanting to get a degree in hotel management and in high school she was an honor student and had won a state competition in prose prose it's some sort of like uil academic kind of competition um she was very involved as a class officer, a student council member, and a drill team dancer. Um, she was electric. She walked in a room and you could feel the energy, her mom would say. Um, but definitely not somebody deserving of the kind of fate that she was put into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that concludes our story about... Um, Lisa Allison and her unfortunate um, murder. Thanks for listening. That, yeah, that concludes it. Uh, our third one. Da- our our third episode finished. Locked in. We need to get you one of them calendar, like the word of the day calendars. Word of the day? You were struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling with my words. Um, but yeah, well, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay safe. And... This has been In the First Degree. See you later.